Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord our God. Mighty. Mighty are you. Glory, 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 glory to your great name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for giving. Thank you for honoring the Lord. We're going to look to his word. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. Romans chapter 13. Verse number 11, while you're turning there, just a quick reminder that we are going to have online church on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Online church for Wednesday night Bible study. No other activities uh, or services here in the building during the week. So we will just keep moving along and phasing in our schedule. And I thank you for being patient, for working with us. And of course, we believe God is for us. And there is victory ahead, even as we move out of such a challenging time. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Did you see what he said? That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Would you say amen to the word of the Lord? I speak to you for a few minutes today on this subject, fatal indifference. Fatal indifference. And I think that as we move along, you will find that the word is very encouraging. I pray that it will be. And yet it starts with a sober tone, and maybe the title sort of takes on that tone. But the reality is the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Romans, he said, listen, I want you to be aware that you can fall asleep spiritually. Of course, I'm just paraphrasing, but it is implied by how he addresses them in this verse, that you can, as a believer, fall asleep spiritually and yet now is the time uh, are you awake uh, are you aware of the significance of this moment do you know that these are critical moments in the life of believers right now what we are seeing happen in the world what we are experiencing even these last many weeks uh, is very much a signal to us uh, that we are moving ever so close uh, to the coming of the Lord. And to which we say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. We're not afraid of the rapture. We're looking for the rapture. And to God be the glory. Amen. I would point out to you that, that God's plan, it is right on course. It is right on track. Some of what we've experienced in recent days and, and certainly uh, some of the things impacting our nation are overwhelming. They, they really cause you to just step back and all you can do is cry out to God and ask God for mercy. Ask God for his hand to come upon us. And yet none of these things as overwhelming as they are for us, even COVID-19 up until even this very day. None of these things have surprised God. Amen. He's not scrambling, trying to 
understand how to get his operation back on track. God knows the end from the beginning. Can I tell you that everything is where God wants it to be so that we can be ready to experience his purpose. But we have a role in that. We need to yield to him. We need to listen for his voice. We need to respond to what the Spirit is saying to the church. We need to capture the momentum that God's grace and power would give us so that we can say, Lord, we're not just ready for the rapture, but we're ready to do your will and experience your power and have the great victory that God has promised for the church. Don't you know that before the rapture, there's going to be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost and we're going to see a powerful work of God in our generation. It's already happening. And yet the, the challenge, even through the waves of life and circumstances and, and all that you would experience, uh, even in your own personal life, and then add to that the dynamics of what goes on in our nation and world, uh, the challenge for us uh, is that we do not fall asleep spiritually. That we do not grow, as I describe in that phrase, indifferent. Because there is a fatal indifference that if you do not guard against it, it can damage your spiritual health. It can damage your relationship with Almighty God. It can cause you to miss His purpose and to even be ineffective in the work that God has called each of us to do. We are called to love God. We are called to love people. We are called to love the lost and to love truth and to live our lives anticipating the rapture. But in the midst of the things that we have been called to do and to be is a requirement that we lean on the Lord and not our own understanding. That we continually seek his face so that we do not grow in indifferent to what God wants to accomplish in us and through us. This is a critical hour. Our attention, our focus must be on Jesus. The dictionary describes indifference marked by a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern for something, marked by no special liking for or dislike of something, being neither good nor bad, being neither right nor wrong. And it reminds me, even as I looked at that dictionary definition, I, I was quickly reminded of Revelation chapter 3 and the words that were given to the church in Laodicea, Revelation 3 and 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. He says in verse 16, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's an incredibly uh, dramatic uh, expression, but it's also very easy to understand. Uh, I do not want, the Lord says, uh, a lukewarm 
people, and I'll even expand upon that, we cannot please the Lord by being indifferent. That fatal indifference can ruin what we have been positioned to do in the call and purpose of Almighty God. How do you cure this indifference? Indifference in your relationship with God is fatal. So how do you cure this indifference? Well, the answer is right there in Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Hear his Voice That's going to require silencing all of the noise that is so present in our generation. But if you'll silence the noise, you'll hear the voice. And it will be the voice that gives you direction that will lead your soul in paths of righteousness. If you want to have a renewal in your relationship with God, silence the noise and listen for his voice. You need to hear his voice, but then you also need to open the door. And this is different than an invitation. We all know how this works. Hey, we need to get together sometime. You'll tell somebody, oh, we'd love to have you come over. That Be good to hang out, play some games, spend some times. And you might tell them that for weeks, months, in extreme cases, you might share that kind of invitation over a period of years. But none of that is the same as the knock or the ring at the door and you open it up and say, oh, yes, we're glad you're here. Come on in. And probably one of the reasons why the invitation doesn't always end up in an actual getting together is because then we have to coordinate. Then we have to prepare. It might even require cleaning the house a little bit and getting everything ready. But don't you have this sense that fellowship with Jesus Christ is worth whatever you have to rearrange so that you can be in his presence. Don't be indifferent about your relationship with God. Whatever you have to do to draw close to him, oh, draw close to him. Because when you are in fellowship with Jesus, you will have the strength that you need. Oh, praise God. Do you believe it today? Whatever you have to do, care deeply about your relationship with God. Don't fall asleep spiritually. Don't think it's no big deal that I'm not praying. I'm not really seeking the Lord. I'm not really in the Word. And I know these are basic things, but it's a call of the Spirit that says don't be indifferent. Whatever you have to do to be closer to Him, make your move closer to Jesus Christ. Psalm 37 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also 
in him and he shall bring it to pass and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. One translation says seek your happiness in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Why? Because indifference in your relationship with God is fatal. But if you'll delight yourself in him, those desires will begin to take shape. A desire for the things of God. A desire for God's will to be accomplished in your life. A desire to seek the Lord and to experience his will. To even cry out, oh Lord, come into my heart. And have thine own way. Uh, indifference uh, in your relationship with Jesus Christ uh, is fatal. Uh, but you can solve the problem uh, by drawing near to him. Uh, I remember the old song. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Nearer, precious Lord. And whatever you have to do, uh, it will be well worth it. Uh, Another thing that we consider today, uh, indifference uh, to the cause of Christ uh, is fatal. Uh, make no mistake, uh, there is a mission, there is a cause, uh, and we cannot grow indifferent uh, to doing what Jesus Christ uh, would want us to do as his body in the earth. Uh, we are called to relate, uh, to minister, to seek out people, not just people in the sense that, well, the ones that I know, the ones that I like, the ones that are in my church, but it's very clear from the gospel, from the word of God, our mission is all people. Amen. The gospel is for all people. Jesus died for all people. We're not in the business of pre-qualifying candidates to receive the gospel or the blessing. We're in the business of seeking and saving and reaching and wanting to see the power of God transform every life. And we cannot be indifferent to God's cause, to God's mission to God's purpose. All people, indifference to this cause is fatal because when your mission involves the lost and the dying, every distracted day means another lost opportunity and possibly an opportunity never to be regained depending on the course of their life. But would you begin to have a spirit of prayer and a spirit of faith and a sense of mission that settles upon you that says, Lord, you brought me through a tough season, a difficult trial, this COVID-19. But when I come through it, I looked around and saw my world was literally burning. And I have recommitted myself. Oh, God, let me fulfill the mission of the church. Oh, of the church of the living God. Let us do what he has called us to do. We must care enough to care. You say, well, that's kind of basic, but why would I highlight that? Because beyond empathy, caring and compassion requires action. It requires us to take 
action. When we confine caring to a feeling, then we cheat ourselves of the opportunity to make a difference. It's one thing to sit in your home and weep and feel hurt for other people. It's one thing to sit even in your prayer closet and pray and intercede. It's very important. But it's another thing to say, not only do I feel sorrow and a desire to intercede, but I'm getting up from my prayer room with a fresh anointing, with a fresh touch of God, and I'm going to move through my life, my community, where he gives me influence, and I want to make a difference in somebody's life. Oh, God, give us grace, because to be indifferent to the cause of Christ is fatal. Martin Luther King Jr. said, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others. I preach to you today that there are too many thieves operating in our world for the church to stay silent. What do you mean, Pastor? Remember Luke chapter 10, verse number 30. Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among Thieves. This is what I'm talking about. These thieves stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. We know the story. Others passed by until a Samaritan who came by made a difference in the life of this wounded and hurting individual. The Word of God says that first, that Samaritan saw him. Can we ask God to open our eyes? Can we start seeing what we have been missing? I want to say for you and for me, it's time to make eye contact, both literally and figuratively, with the hurting, with the lost, with the struggling, with those that have no hope. We need to see what's going on in their lives and not be indifferent. Not ignore it, not pass it off as no big deal. We must start seeing what in many cases has been right in front of us all the time. I can't take time to get into all the things that can blind us from taking notice. But I'm challenging you and me, you and I, to lift our voices. Say, God, help me to notice what I've been missing in the lives of hurting people that Samaritan had compassion on this individual. I believe indifference is fatal because the thieves are so active in our generation. We do not have the luxury of compassion fatigue because we know Jesus and he has showed us the way and we know how to pray the prayer of faith and we have been given resources to share and while loneliness is still robbing people, the church must spring to action. While depression is still robbing people. The church must awaken to action while drug abuse and violence and hatred and racism and injustice are busy robbing people. The church must be alight so that the glory of God can be revealed. Those are just a few of the thieves that are so active moving and working terrorizing our generation. This Samaritan took action at his own expense. 
and even arranged to follow up because he was not indifferent to the suffering that he encountered while he was on his way. I believe the Holy Ghost wants to settle upon this room right now. And where you are, I believe the Holy Ghost wants to settle on us and keep us by the grace of God from not noticing what has been there all the time. One man who took his own life left this note behind. I'm going to walk to the bridge. If one person smiles at me on the way, I will not jump. And sadly, when they found the note after he had taken his life, they began to realize if just one person would have made eye contact and smiled, we cannot be indifferent. I want to echo what the preacher said last week, Pastor Dean. What a great job. There's an army rising up. I believe with all my heart there's a praying church coming back into the building. There's a worshiping church coming back into the building. There's a hungry church hungry for revival, hungry for a harvest, hungry for a demonstration of the power of God coming back into the building. We are stirred. We are ready to do something for God. There's a cry that says, Oh God, use me for your holy purpose. We are not indifferent, but we desire to make a difference. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God wants to do something great. God wants to introduce himself to somebody in your community, in my world, and he wants to use us to make the introduction with love, with compassion, with understanding, with listening, with relating, and even with actions of love and compassion. He wants to use us so that they can be introduced to him. Indifference in your relationship with God is fatal. Indifference in the cause of Christ is fatal. And I wrap it up today with this simple statement. Indifference to eternal things is fatal. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We must set our affection on things above because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I'll say it again. We must set our affection on things above because Jesus is coming soon. And we cannot be indifferent to eternal things. One translation says of verse 2 in Colossians chapter 3, keep your minds fixed on things eternal there, eternal, not on things here on the earth. We can't just sing, this world is not my home. We need to live 
like this world is not our home. The Apostle John writes, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The world is passing away. The writer in Hebrews said, here we have no continuing city. Nothing that the world loves is going to last. But we have an eternal hope and a wonderful home in heaven. And we need to start living like heaven is our home. Would you give the Lord praise? Give the Lord praise. Do not love the world or anything that belongs to the world. This world so driven by what they see and what they want. Everything that the world is so proud of and focused on, it does not come from the Father. It comes from the world. The world is so overtaken right now with a spirit of Antichrist, and they do not have the solution in and amongst themselves. The only answer is to turn to Jesus Christ and to let him be glorified in every light, every home, and every family. We as a people, we cannot be indifferent to eternal things. And the solution to that indifference is a fresh love for the promise of God. Jesus said it. I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. Stop investing your love and your devotion into a job that's going to be gone. Into a house that's going to be gone. Even to all types of activities and associations, they're not all sin. But you don't realize they're not going to last forever. Only your relationship with Jesus Christ. Only things of eternal value. Do you remember those people from Laodicea? One of the commentaries that the Lord had about them was you think you're so wealthy because of your focus on the material things. But you don't realize you're spiritually bankrupt. And it's really because you're indifferent to spiritual things. The world and everything in it that people desire is passing away. But those who do the will of God will live forever. I don't care how many likes, how many loves, how many hug emojis you give something. If it's earthly, if it's worldly, it's not going to last. There are things that I enjoy. Of course, sports has been on a pause, and we rejoice when the Buckeyes win. We that enjoy sports, we rejoice when our team does well and that player does well. But every one of those types of things, every hobby, every bit of entertainment, every bit of things that represent the worldly system, they will not last forever. But he that is doing the will of God, he's going to live forever. This world is not my home. I'm getting ready, in fact, to leave this world. I'm on my way to heaven. My hope is in heaven. My life is in heaven. It's hid with Christ. I cannot love the world. I'm on my way to heaven. We cannot be indifferent to eternal things. Don't let a love for the world dull your love for God 
and the things of God. We've all been there. We all know how you can go through a spiritually dry season and you can just not love the things of God the way that you know you should. And you're not participating as fully. You're not involved. And I don't even have to give you the details because you've lived there before. I've lived there before. And all of a sudden we become dull to the things of God. Even the move of the Spirit. Even the work of the Holy Ghost. It just seems remote from us. But I got news for you. There's fresh oil that's ready to come and fill your heart and your life. There's a fresh anointing ready to fall on each of us because we're not indifferent. We're ready to make a difference and to do the will of God and to see his purpose fulfilled in our lives. One song said, consume me, Lord, with the fire of your spirit. Consume me, Lord, and make me more like you for the person that says, I remember when I used to pray more I remember when I used to enjoy the word so much more. I remember when I used to open up my mouth and my heart and share my testimony so openly and freely. I remember you fill in the blank if you're remembering a time when you had more zeal for God. I've got good news for you. The Lord wants to bless you with a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can lift your hands right there where you are and you can be renewed and you can hear from God and you can let him have his way in your life. You know about those 10 virgins in Matthew chapter 25, five wise, five foolish. They teach us that indifference to eternal things is fatal because the five that were foolish when the call came they had no oil in their lamps and so they missed what they had been hoping for most of their life just by falling asleep at the very end of the journey at the very end of the wait i want to offer to you to this church family i close with a word of prophecy. And, and I hope that you will receive it through the Spirit. In Micah chapter 4, verse number 6, one translation says it this way. The time is coming, says the Lord, when I will gather together the people I punished, those who have suffered in exile. They are crippled and far from home. I know that's a very dramatic, and for the children of Israel, it was a very clear pronouncement. Maybe you cannot re re relate completely, but you can relate a little bit to what felt like exile in your home by yourself, and some still there just trying to work through this season. You felt what it meant to be maybe a little less strength, a little less strong spiritually, and maybe even crippled. I'm not saying you were backslidden. I'm just saying you know a little bit of what it's like to feel like this has been a rough time and a rough season. But I give you a word of prophecy from verse number 7. 
that says they are crippled and far from home, but I will make a new beginning with those who are left, and they will become a great nation. I will rule over Mount Zion from that time on and forever. I want to rejoice. I want to clap my hands. I want to get excited and believe with all my heart. If I've had a rough season, God's ready to give me a new beginning. Hallelujah! And that beginning will renew my zeal for my relationship with Him, my calling and my interaction with His purpose, and my anticipation of eternity. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to cry out. I want you to say, yes, Lord, let that be me. Let the Holy Ghost fall on me in a fresh way. Right here, right here, right now. While you're calling out in faith, here comes the wave of the Spirit of God. It's a new beginning for you. Oh, what a great God. What a great God. He never has stopped looking in your direction. Now you look in his direction and you will be healed. You will be strengthened. You will have a fresh anointing. Let's seek the Lord. Let's call upon him. Oh, let's ask him to use us like never before. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. And we give God praise. Oh, we give God praise. And we seek to let him have his way. I bless you in Jesus' name. I rejoice with you that it's a new beginning. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep seeking the Lord. The Holy Ghost is falling right now. Just start worshiping. Let that powerful, powerful spirit flow through you. You'll start speaking in a language you've never spoken before right there. In the name of Jesus, it's a new beginning. And to God be the glory. To God be the glory.